Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Cranberry Radio presents CEO Coach, a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding the finances, set up the staffing, our CEO coaches will break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup management and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with Jillian Music, my uh, partner in Outlines Venture Group and the founder of Moz. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. You can find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hi, Jillian. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Ann? I'm doing okay. You know, we've got some interesting stuff to talk about. We've been working on this series that's several shows on fine-tuning your funding, your fundraising efforts. And last time we talked about the difference between angel investors and seed VCs and why you should care. And we took all this um, explained with great clarity by Elizabeth Yin, who's a partner at 500 Startups. Before we talk more about Elizabeth and today's show, I just want to say that our listeners can find that show at cranberry.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO coach. So, Jillian, today we want to talk about Elizabeth and sage advice about pitching, making a pitch. Now, I happen to know that you have just come from a pitch, so I figure you've got great insights. Elizabeth Yin is a partner in 500 Startups, and before that, she had her own successful launch and acquisition, and I think that she has many good points that she can tell us, Jillian, about pitching, and I bet you do too. Absolutely. As you noted, I just came off a pitch. This particular pitch I did by uh, telephone. So that was interesting in itself. Uh, But I want to refer to some stuff that uh, Elizabeth has been writing about. She writes a blog just at blog.elizabethyin.com. We're going to be putting up links to these posts on our Facebook page, and uh, everybody will be able to link direct to what we're talking about. But we, we want to talk about is the fact that fundraising pitches are not actually pitches. That's the title of Elizabeth Yin's post, uh, one of her posts that we're discussing today. So I would absolutely agree. This idea that you're pitching is really a misnomer. It suggests that entrepreneurs go into investor meetings with a deck, you stand in the front of the room, and you start presenting. Now, but if you do isn't that, that what a pitch is? That is exactly right. But that would be more like a demo day. 
Right. Nobody's asking you questions. Nobody's getting you off track. So the intriguing thing is that when you go into a venture capital office, right, you will have a small table of few folks sitting around, maybe as many as 10 or 12, but possibly only as many as two, three, four, whatever. It's a whole nother ball game. This is a conversation. Now, I pitched recently in the Boston area to an angel group, so not a venture capital group, but it was the same idea. You know, you pitch over the phone, you kind of get through your stuff, sometimes you're interrupted. You pitch at a demo day, no interruption, you kind of get your stuff done, and maybe a moderator will ask you questions after, and maybe the audience will ask something after. You get into one of those rooms, you get sidetracked really fast. So that's... What well, Elizabeth thinks. Uh, excuse me, Elizabeth Yin says that's much more of a power struggle, and I find that quite interesting. So, power struggles—you don't really think about that when you're pitching. You figure, well, we'll get into that later. But here's what happened: um, Elizabeth talks about having uh, pitched for LaunchBit, one of her startups, and um, she had uh, this deck she was about to go through, and she immediately got off track. Right. She has this conversation inside her post. You should read that about her introducing, I don't know, something about the size of the market. And somebody else immediately says, uh, well, what about your team? Do you have experience in email? Whoa, left field. And she answered the question because that seems like the polite thing to do. And she was completely off track. She couldn't get back on. She couldn't get to the fundamental points of her pitch. And the exact same thing happened to me in Boston. Now, you'd think I'd be better at that, but it blindsides you. If you're not kind of thoughtful and mindful of it before you walk in the door, that kind of stuff happens. And then what? How do you recover? Yeah, well, the recovery is much harder than the uh, avoidance in the beginning. So the first thing in terms of this particular instance, right, a power struggle in which you begin a pitch, a sideways question gets asked, and it, it doesn't mean they're trying to throw you off track. It's just what's on the top of their mind. I think two things. One, if you don't kind of go into any conversation answering the first and highest order question of the opposing side, if you will, of the other party, they're never going to listen to the rest of you, right? It's, it's just first, you, you, what was it? You have to tell them what they want to know first so that you can tell them what you must tell them. I say that a lot in terms of sales pitching, and surely this is a sales pitch. So there is some of that, and that's the confusing piece. If you don't control the conversation and kind of tell them what you must tell them first, in this particular instance, you don't have unlimited time. And so the recovery is harder. The first thing is if you've done that, then you have to announce after that. You have to realize what you've done and say – that was a really good question. I'm glad we got a chance to answer that now. Now, I'm going to continue through the slides, and if we could all hold questions until the end, I'd be very happy. That way, we make sure that we cover all the salient points, and then we can take additional questions. Please do write them down. I know I want to answer them all. That's okay, but not optimal. Optimal is not doing it in the first place. So when you walk into that pitch, think about the fact that you must control the conversation. Instead of going down the path of answering it, what you do is take a quick note 
you know, some kind of a shorthand that says you must answer it. What I do is actually place the people in the room on a document, which I take a pad of paper, I draw the table out as I'm entering the room, and I try to identify by name as many people as I'm able. If I only have a few people at the table, I will actually ask their name, and I'll write it as they go. And sometimes I even put down a note of where they work or something like that, just so I have a sense of where they're coming from, if I can pull that off. Otherwise, just an initial, because I have to do you, right? But at least you'll know where the questions are. Then you can do X next to the guy's question, you know, who has a question, and later you can point to that person and say, now you had a question midway. Allow me to answer that now. Right? If, so those are the things. You set yourself up for success in advance. May I suggest that the power of acknowledging somebody directly that you remember that they had a question is huge. Absolutely. When they ask the question, you say, I'll get to that in just a few slides. If there are further questions, I can answer it at the end of the um, presentation. That's fine. It tells them to expect they're about to get an answer, and then they calm down. If not, then you have to say, we can address that question at the end of the pitch because maybe you're not addressing it. I mean, something about what about your team and their experience in email, that's not going to be in your pitch. And if it is, it shouldn't be. <laughs> but, you know, we can get to that another time, what goes into the pitch. Um, but, yes, taking control, prepping yourself for success to begin with, critical pieces. Right. And what Elizabeth is talking about, as she puts it, is drive the car, that uh, a good fundraising meeting should feel like driving a car. You want to go straight down the road or when the road curves, you curve the road, but you don't go zing back, zigzag, zigzag back and forth um, over the whole thing because you lose the train of thought. And I'm just enough of a cynic. I guess I've been around too long that I think sometimes that the people you're listening to throw questions in just to see if they can push you off track. It's a test. Yes, sometimes it is, and sometimes it absolutely isn't. I would say give everybody the benefit of the doubt and say they didn't do that to be nasty or to test me, which is kind of a dick move, but they didn't do that. They really do have this at the top of their thought. They're thinking, oh, somehow this is terribly important, and I've got to get that answer before I can think about other things. In that event, all you need to do is calm the mind, let them know that their answer is coming, and now they'll listen to the rest of it, knowing that their needs are going to be taken care of. The killer piece, though, is prep in advance. When the question gets asked, deflect it by saying you can answer later or, um, you know, you'll answer it in a few uh, statements. And if all else fails and you get lost in that, here's the killer piece. You won't have enough time to give them than the points that are critical for everybody to make an investment. You're going to lose the investment because you answered the ancillary question. And with that, I think we'd better take a break. But we've got some very interesting pieces coming back into this uh, session, i got to say, Anne. We're going to talk about the fact that you need more than one deck. What do you do if you can't cover all the points you were supposed to make? Okay, then. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS, text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm, sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. 
To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy. I'm here with Jillian Music, and today we're talking about fine-tuning your fundraising, specifically your pitching technique. Jillian, before the break, you mentioned a couple of really good points. We started with how do you handle the odd questions that might throw you off track, and mm-hmm. the point is that you acknowledge them, you remember the person, acknowledge the person, make them feel comfortable, but you keep going down the path that you need to so you can get all your points in but then you said that there is more about how you should have multiple decks do you want to talk about that for a minute yeah we will but just before we get to multiple decks it's what do you do if you don't get all the salient points covered in that pitch because that's the price of having gone down the salient question thing you know oh i absolutely have to do this right it's a side question and you've done it and you go oh crap i did it and now i don't have enough time to complete this pitch so what happens then is follow up email you will have had one contact in any given angel vc whatever group the person who's invited you in if you have the emails of the other parties attending you send it to everybody otherwise you have to send it to your contact and you have to say so and so asked a question if you don't even remember the name of the person who asked the question or you never got the name those situations do happen as well and you must be prepared for that and you just have to say a question came up during the pitch and i think it's important that we get some of these answers uh you know fully answered or whatever it is and you take care of that or you have to say um during the pitch we covered many important points but we didn't cover this and that's the way i did it when i it happened to be in boston i had to go back and say we covered a number of important issues specifically questions from the group however it's critical to note that this is an investment in, for this reason, the major market size. I did all kinds of things around it, almost repeating a few slides that I thought were terribly important, which had been just either glossed over or missed entirely because they didn't have time. Sounds like a great way to go about it because that gives you also the chance to continue building the relationship that you exactly. need to build with a potential funding source. Exactly. So it's – if. It's not optimal, 
but it's a good thing. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't send that kind of an email after a pitch anyway. Delighted to have pitched and so on. Here are some of the salient points we covered. Right? Isn't, and that a, redo. isn't that a little like tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them? Exactly. And the tell them what you told them also comes with, oh, and in the last week or month or whatever, this has happened in terms of traction, in other words, right? What else have you accomplished? You have a new contract, a new this, a new that, whatever it is. Yeah, stuff is moving, and that's what you want to say. You can tell them that you'll be traveling uh, out of the country, and you'll give them a call when you return to see how they're thinking about this. Whatever it is, you've got to tell them. So it does help you to follow up afterwards. Don't forget to do that in terms of your pitch. But yeah, let's talk about multiple decks. I think that's a fascinating subject as well. So have you done things like multiple decks, Anne? Have you, uh, you know, created these kinds of things? Oh, for sure, because you want to uh, be specific to your given audience. Yep, I'd say that's absolutely true. You want to make sure that you have a pitch for your angel group and a pitch for your venture capital group. And for those of you who are listening in now, if you haven't heard the previous show that uh, talked about the differences between angels and venture capital, we suggest you really, really go listen to that. It will give you a very clear idea of why you would need separate pitches, right? It's following the money backwards, figuring out who's in charge and what kind of investment are being made. As a broad brushstroke on this one, and there's a lot more information in our previous uh, episode, I would say listen to the motivators between the differences between angels and venture capitalists. What I find is that in general, you will find much more of an emotional investment with an angel investor and much more of a fiduciary focus, if you will, from your venture capital investors. You're certainly raising at different levels, so you'd better be including different things. Your focus is different when you're an idea stage company, you know, that's seed capital or friends and family, than you are from an angel investment. You're now doing development and uh, first launch than you are from a venture capital that says, yep, this thing is going to run. All we got to do is add money, mix, and scale. That's a different conversation. Isn't it also uh, true that um, even seed VCs will need, they'll respond differently to what you're saying in a pitch because they have to think about the whole portfolio and how it's going to make money, whereas the angels are free within their angel group to invest in the companies they like to. Uh Yes. Right. So emotional investment versus financial investment. Absolutely. And you're quite right. That bit about how you look at an entire portfolio. So again, guys, go back and listen to this difference between angels and VCs. So you understand how VCs are looking at the money. Uh, The idea of looking at your piece as a part of an entire portfolio with an idea that one out of 10 or so is going to succeed wildly, you'd better be focused on the succeed wildly rather than being focused on how we can be a solid business. Because right, solid business is not what venture capital is investing in. They're investing in a shot at the stars. doesn't mean they also don't want some capital out, and you've got to go listen to that other show. We can't, you know, we don't have the time to cover the whole thing here. But yes, Anne, you're quite right. What you focus on is critically important when you get even to CVC versus angel investment, which kind of look like the same amounts of money. But here's another thing. we got to have several decks even to the same group. You should have a deck that's emailed and a deck that is for presenting. Really? Yes. Think about it. If you're going to read the deck, 
then you don't know what I'm about to say. If I save it in um, uh, power, not PowerPoint, but rather something like Adobe Reader, right? Uh, how are you going to know what the notes look like? How will yeah. you know what to say, right? So you're going to have to annotate the deck that is read. You're going to have to put in more words. You might even want to insert slides that talk about what you need to talk about and then go on to your images again. Think about how you want to put it together. You better have an email deck that explains the whole thing and a presentation deck, which doesn't. Because if you're sticking lots of bullets up and lots of words on your presentation deck, guess what everybody's doing? Uh, Reading the deck. Reading the deck and not listening is what exactly. I was going to say. I was going to say snoozing, but basically they are. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of snoozing going on. There is nothing exciting going on on that deck. They might be reading the deck, but basically, yes, the mind is snoozing. They are reading something that's of terrible interest to you, of mild interest to them, and it's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. You want them focused on you. That you want them to understand whether or not you are a, you know officer, founder, whatever, who can take them to the finish line, and you want them focused on the images you're providing them that will reinforce what you have to say. Your deck is not your words printed. Your deck is for reinforcing the words you say with visual support. But that's all about how to present well, right? And there are all kinds of experts that will teach you how to make speeches. And that you and I have done that for years, Anne, right? We, we right. traveled the entire world and did that. <laughs> but, yeah, and it wasn't all about pitching. I mean, we were certainly we were presenting, you know, at conferences that were industry-specific. So it wasn't a pitch. It was an explanation of topics of, you know, esoteric interest to a specific field. But we did the same thing. The images on our screens reinforced the words that we were telling or teaching our audience. So that's the critical piece. Get yourself at least two decks, one to email and one to pitch. And then you make one for every stage along your investment process. So we're talking not just two decks. We're talking maybe six, maybe eight. Over time, yes. It's kind of two decks per stage. Two decks for your angel group, possibly even two decks for your uh, friends and family type group if they really want that sort of thing. Um, but two decks for your angel group and two decks for your VC group and two decks when you get to your, you know, series B and C and D and so on and so forth. Right? It really is a different conversation each time. It's possible by the time you get to D, you're not even really talking about a deck. It could be the same venture capitalist. It could just be that they're at your board meeting and so on and they're talking about doubling down. Okay, and on that, we need to take a break for our sponsors. We'll be right back with more about fine-tuning your fundraising. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? 
It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on Cranberry Radio. Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with Jillian Music. And today we've been talking about pitching and pitch decks. And we have just a few minutes left. Jillian, what do you think we should wrap it up with now? Well, I'd like to essentially provide some wrap-ups and tips, really, you know, what to do about it. The first thing we talked about was getting sidetracked, you know, controlling the conversation. I would say the critical takeaway here is remember what we've told you. Be prepared first. Be prepared to take the reins. Be mindful at the moment that you step up to that plate, whether you're sitting in an ante room or you're sitting and listening to other people pitch. Be mindful of the way of the, you know, the action. By the time you get to venture capitalists, nobody else is going to be in the room before you. You will not get to see somebody else pitch. You might be sitting in an ante room or a reception area and so on. Chances are you'll be entirely alone. Nobody else will be scheduled at that time. So you won't know how these guys respond. Make sure that you're controlling the conversation. If you get asked a crazy question, acknowledge the person. Tell them you're going to get to it. Or if you're not going to get to it in your pitch, acknowledge the person. Tell them to please hold the question. You're definitely going to answer that and discuss other important matters. As soon as the pitch is finished, you want to be sure they have all the important topics covered before we get into the details. All right. So, and don't tell them, by the way, it's a detailed question. Just tell them, we'll get to your question as soon as I've covered my pitch. The second thing is, if you blow it, all right, then um, you've got to follow up and make sure that you've got an email going in to your contact that covers the pieces that you missed. At the end of your pitch, they're going to say, you know, time's up. And you're going to say, we didn't get to finish because we did cover some side questions today. I will send that email. Please look for it. Set them up for success now. At least control that piece of the conversation before you leave. The other thing is don't assume that it was, you know, what we delicately call a dick move. Don't assume that you're being sidetracked on person, uh, by, you know, on purpose. It's possible that that's true, but don't assume it. And here's why. It will get your head in the wrong place. You'd better no be kidding. in a positive mind frame while you're there. Just assume that this is the top of mind question this person absolutely needs answering. 
All right. So you treat them that way. And when you do, they get caught a little off guard, even if they were just trying to throw you off balance. So that's interesting. The second thing we talked about, Anne, was about um, multiple decks. So the multiple deck thing I think is really important. Make sure they're prepared in advance. What I do generally is to create a deck that's, you know, quite lovely and it's got pictures, that uh, charts, whatever it is, that reinforce the words I'm saying. And then I write copious notes underneath what it was that I was going to say when I figured out what this picture was going to look like and so on. Then I refine it. Then I refine it again. It's kind of like the practicing. Some people say you have to practice pitching in front of a mirror or you have to practice pitching in front of friends. It's possible, and all of that works as well. It all depends on your style. But certainly, think about what you're pitching as you type it down. The very act of writing those words helps you refine them to the point where you sound smooth and you're efficient in your presentation. All really good advice. I think um, we're very grateful to Elizabeth Yin of 500 Startups for inspiring this conversation um, as we've taken it down another path. I wanted to circle back to just one thing that she also mentioned is likability, which is kind of a squishy, touchy topic. But it, if investors don't like you, she says, they're not going to invest. And liking right. isn't a popularity contest. It's things, the kind of things you've been talking about, answering people directly, acknowledging people with questions. In other words, treating people like people and being honest and keeping your integrity intact. And I think those are really important points to, to, to keep in mind as you go forth and pitch mm-hmm. that your likability isn't about whether you have pretty hair or pretty voice. It's whether you speak in terms that convey truth that, really that are supportable. Yeah, it's really about believability. I would say that, that might be a better term. I think she wrote likability. Uh, everybody kind of went, what, what? And they went to read the post. That's great. But what she's counseling you against is hyperbole, right? She has a sample in her um, post. And again, we'll be putting a, a link up there on our Facebook page. And it says, we have a genius 24-year-old program who can code like no other. It's like, yeah, no other yeah. genius yeah. Who cares that he's 24. It's what she calls bombastic language. It's both irrelevant, it's hyperbole, it's excessive, and it's not defensible. So think about uh, pitching on things that have far more to do with numbers, facts, figures, your place in the market, uh, understanding your competitive landscape, understanding your niche, all of those kinds of things. It makes you far more likable. Uh, When you are full of yourself or even full of your team, then they don't tend to pay much attention. They don't so that, like so that's our third tip, and we need mm-hmm. to wrap up. Um, we're out of time again. It's always such a sad thing, but that's it for this Monday at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Cranberry Radio for their support. You can download these shows at cranberry.fm slash shows slash CEO dash coach. You can also download them at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You can find links and more on facebook.com forward slash CEO coach podcast. Do stop by and hit the like button so we will know you were there and tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at OutlinesVenture.com. Until next week, Jillian. 
Till next weekend. on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at grammarly.com slash podcast. That's grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.